0: Uh, It's Valentine weekend, and tomorrow is my parents' anniversary. You know, love takes a lot of different forms, as was mentioned earlier by Bob. Uh, John and Anna are experiencing the love of Eli this morning. Uh, The people of Egypt, the Christian people of Egypt, for the first time in their history, their long history, Christian people of Egypt are worshiping Jesus in greater freedom than they've ever known before. That's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. It's it's a gift of the young people of Egypt who stood together and said, we deserve better. It was said well by an Egyptian. We are Egyptians. Hold your head high. And we have come this morning to uh, sit with Abraham. Abram, he still is in the text that we'll read. Abraham, the father of the faithful. And the Bible says in the New Testament that they will come from the east and the west and sit with Abraham. And so we're coming to sit with him and experience the promise and covenant of God because that is another expression of love. And it's a real expression of love. David set us up last week, closing with that beautiful passage where Abraham believed God. He trusted God. He he moved in God's direction, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Not that he became righteousness in his own ability, but he trusted God, who is righteous, and it was counted to his account as righteousness. And we pick up on our reading in this passage. And as we read this passage, I want you to be careful not to get lost in the details. A lot of people get scared by this passage because it's got so many details in it. I was tempted to wear Middle Eastern garb, a uh, uh, hand-woven uh, robe and sandals and have a staff, and uh, do a dramatic narrative and do as if I was speaking as Abraham to us. But there's so much of this that is for us today that I just need to come and sit with Abraham, not be Abraham with you. And so let's read this passage together. Genesis 15, beginning with verse 7. And he, that is God, said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to possess it. And Abraham said, O oh Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. And the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses and Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, No, for certain, that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. And as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then the fourth generation in the fourth generation, they will return here for the iniquities of the Amorites is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, To your descendants I have given the land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Raphim and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Geshurites and the Jebusites. The reading of the word. Abraham. You know, we've looked at him, and he is a man of great faith. He's already expressed faith. But God has made some promises to him. Just as God has made some promises to you, he's promised you and I great blessings in Jesus. And Abraham has a problem. Abram has a problem here. He has walked with God for a long time, but he still does not have a son. He still doesn't have a family. He and Sarai do not have one to carry on after them. God has promised him a son, but where is his son? His circumstance doesn't align automatically with the promise of God. You may find yourself in the same situation. God has promised you his presence. He's promised you his presence until the end of your life, and yet at times you feel deserted and you languish in the hope and despair comes. The son was promised but not given. God had promised him that he would be with him through all his journeys. And and to this point, God has shown himself faithful. But yet, the greatest test, test is still in front of Abram. How can I know? He's promised him a land, and yet he is one small tribe with no descendants among strong peoples. We read the list of those peoples at the end of this passage. Abram has a problem, and he's honest enough to face his problem, a problem of a man of faith in the midst of his life with circumstances that don't seem to align with the promise. I've been there. We've been singing about God's forgiveness and I have experienced the forgiveness of God and the salvation of my soul and I have experienced the grace of God but I have also experienced those times when besetting sin and difficulty floods in and when prayer seems to go no farther than the tip of my tongue and when the Bible grows cold. What do you do when the circumstance of your life falls out of line with the promises of God? That's Abram's problem today. That's what he would sit with us and talk with us about if he were here today. He would say, I was there that night. I had experienced great things of God, but I had not yet experienced all of God. I had not grown to be the man God wanted me to be. Ladies, close your ears for a minute. Men, God still is working on you and I. By the way, I hope you've got Valentine's Day taken care of. It was a little bit of a challenge to me. Madeline is, is in Malta, and uh, my grandson Trajan, he's three months old, and I conspired together. You know, I understand exactly what Trajan wanted to do. You know, he, he said, look, Paul, Paul, I want you to get some uh, a good Valentine's card and some hot, uh, some really good dark chocolate, and slip it in Madeline's bag. I said, "You sure?" He said, "Yeah, that's it." Three months old, he knows, you know. <clears throat> and so we did that, and she got to Malta and she was unpacking her her teaching stuff for this week and. Uh, And she found it. And she's like, wow, you know, here I am in Malta and Trajan and Mike got something to me. Guys, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. You knew that, okay? Do it right, you know? Do it right. Love demands that we show on those special occasions our great love for the gift that God has given us and our mothers and our sisters and our wives and our daughters. Our older daughter just moved to New York City, and I was talking to her before service. And, and in fact, she's probably uh, online today. Hey, Ange, how you doing? Uh, with those who are out there in the, in the congregation, the task of being faithful when you're not yet complete is Abram's task. God has not finished with us yet, guys, but we're to be faithful as we're on the journey. And ladies, that's for you too. Sarai is in the tent, and she's laughing most of the time at most of this. But here we are. Abram has a problem. And what is God's response? What is God's response to these honest questions that come to you and I about how are we going to live in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of the promise and the yet unfulfilled covenant? Well, the first thing that God points out to Abram is, I am the God of history. I am the God of nations. You know, all these nations who have this land now, they have it because I let them have it and I'm going to give it to you. I am the one who called you. And he uses that structure from which Yahweh comes from. I am the one who brought you out. Yes, I called you from Ur of the Chaldees. Yes, I've called you to wander in the land. I am the God of history, and I'm the God of nations. Don't let your circumstance in history and in the nations of the world cause you to lose sight that the God over all those things has called you and promised you and made covenant with you. Abram would sit here today and say, I had to learn that lesson and it took me a while to learn it. I lied about who Sarah was. I lied about who I was. I was afraid of pharaohs and kings and rulers but in the midst of it all I learned that God is greater God is saying to him I'm the God of the nations not just your God and I've been faithful I'm faithful to you I've shown you my faithfulness And then Abram responds. He responds when God says, bring me. And he goes and he gets the animals from his flock and catches the birds and he puts the sacrifice there. There are several sacrifices in the Bible that are significant. This is one. The sacrifice on the mountain when God said to offer Isaac Is another that's very significant and the sacrifice of Elijah on the mountain when 400 priests of Baal were trying to get their God who was a stone to respond and the God who is responded with fire from heaven but this one is a little bit different from those this is one where the offering is placed there and the obedience of Abram was to keep the offering for God rather than the birds of the air. And for all that day and for the evening, he scurried through, chewing away the birds as they sought to devour it because it was special for God. God called him to bring and to keep an offering for him and Abram obeyed God called him and he obeyed he trusted he moved forward he didn't understand it all he still doesn't have a son he still doesn't understand exactly how he's going to really have this land that God has promised him But he took a step forward. He acted on the experience he had with God, on the character of God as God has showed it to him. He trusted God with his present, and God was able to give him his future. Abram responds, God deals with him. And in the midst of that, there's some powerful images as he's waiting on God. Anybody here like to wait? That's what I thought. It isn't just an American problem. It's a human problem. We don't wait very well at all. Wait upon the Lord, the Bible says. Probably the hardest thing any of us do is when we see a promise, we see the future, we see a hope, we want to live and possess it immediately. Abram had to wait. And through that eve- afternoon and evening, until the sunset, he waited. And in the darkness, as he continued to wait, God manifested himself. In terrifying form, sometimes when you wait, the terrors of life zoom in on you. But Abram waited. God responded. And in the end, God says, I have given you. He doesn't say, I'm giving you this land or I will give you this land. He says, I have given this land. In God's mind, the history had already happened. And Abram was the possessor of the land before in faith before he possessed the land his descendants possessed the land in fact 400 years were to pass the egyptian bondage was to pass joseph was going to come and and die the nation would go up as 70 to egypt and return as almost a million people before the promise that Abram was looking for was fulfilled. God said, trust me, and Abram did. God said, obey me, and Abram did. And God gave a covenant that day. He promised him land, he promised him descendants, and he fulfilled it all. We know from history he fulfilled it all. So, since we're sitting with our father Abram, who becomes Abraham, and Sarai, who becomes Sarah, is back in the tent somewhere, what can we learn? What is it that God wants you and I to experience of Him today as we struggle with His promises? Well, the first thing I think he wants us to learn is his covenant with us is just as sure as his covenant was with Abram. Just as surely as he was giving him land, he has given us salvation in Jesus Christ. In him, it is finished. It has happened. We are sitting with him in the throne room of heaven. We are watching history unfold even as we're in the midst of history. In him, it's done. We are the redeemed, finished and clothed in white robes sitting at the Lamb's festival as the Lamb which was slain and yet lives celebrates his wedding before the Father. Our salvation is fixed and sure as we've trusted Jesus. If you've never trusted him, if you've thought about it and debated about it, or if the circumstances of life have kept you from from actually stepping forward, it's time that you took that step. It's time that you said, yes, I see you. I know what you've done on Calvary. I've heard what you've done in other people's lives. I've seen the miracles as you've dealt with other people. I know your love. I've heard of it, and now I step out and will stand on your grace just one step. That's all Abram took, just one step. Love so amazing, grace so unlimited, merits at least one step. On this Valentine weekend, why don't you give God who loves you the gift he longs for? you take the step and he's promised us his covenant with us is that he will give his holy spirit who will guide all who believe into truth and righteousness and he will convict us of sin and make his word come alive we do have to read it by the way We do have to study it. He doesn't just do osmosis. You know, Mike, that's all right. You've had a hard day. Don't get up early in the morning and read the Word. No, he doesn't do that. Love doesn't do that. But he's given us a covenant that the Holy Spirit will indwell us and guide us and interpret the Word of truth that we may walk with him. And if you're a child of God and you have salvation in your life and you've not been walking in the Word, take the step, brother. Take the step, sister. I came this morning before preaching from my Bible study class. Jack was teaching. I had to leave so I could get in here and get to to hear a little bit of the precursors to worship. That's a lot of fun. But I'll go to Bible study class the the whole hour next time. We must live in the Word. And if you say you've been too busy, well, tomorrow your wife, your husband is not going to accept, your mom, your sister is not going to accept, you know, I've been, oh gosh, I've been so busy. I really love you and I care for you, but I just did not have time. No, you're not going to do that. Of course not. And you certainly will take time if you're away from your mom or you're away from your wife, and she sends you a note like my mom did and a Valentine's card. My birthday's on February 6th, and so I get Valentine's and birthdays about the same time. And and I get these little love notes from my mom. And uh, you know, I may be real busy, but I'm never too busy. To read those love notes. The Father's love note. You're not reading it? Come on. Take the step. Spend the time. Get on board. Stay in the Word. You can't receive the promise if you do not respond to the provision. He's promised you guidance. He's promised you indwelling grace. He's promised you, and it's time to take a step. And he's promised us a community. In the book of Acts, as the the new church from the day of Pentecost began to fellowship together, and, and there was persecution from the first day of the birth of the church, and there was There were people on the outside who were saying, this is wrong, you people are wrong, you need to stop doing this. But from the first, the community of God was a blessing of God and the promise of God to his faithful. And there is a need for us to be in community. It's part of the promise. It's part of the covenant. That's why we're here today. Rather than playing golf or fishing, I don't think the fish are biting right now anyway, But we have to take the step. Abram, on this night of his life, recognized that God's provision is enough. How shall I know that I will possess this land? How did God answer the question? You will know because you know that I'm faithful. You will know because you will know that my provision is enough. You will know because you know me. This morning, you're here. And God is here according to his promise. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. He is here this morning, and he is Expressing his love for you and me, just as he did for Abram. And he's dealing with us. He's dealt with me already this morning on some wonderful things as he wants me to walk in his forgiveness and his grace and experience his victory instead of my failure. And he's dealing with you right now. Nobody else knows. But God knows, and you know. Join Abram this morning on that night of his life when God promised and he responded and a covenant that changed the world came into being. You say, Mike, I'm just one person. Who do you think Abram was? He was one person who was over 90 years old. Young, right? And God promised him and changed the world. God is promising you great things this morning. Would you take the step? Oh, Father, as you were so tender and yet so firm with Abraham and Abram, we ask you to speak to us in that same fatherly way today. You have made great promises to us in Jesus Christ of salvation and the indwelling spirit and the word and a community. And yet, we as Abram are tempted to ask, how can it be? And we're tempted to push it aside. This morning, in just a moment, I pray that you would call each of us anew and afresh to your promises those who are here without Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that this moment they might turn to you and take that first step of being your family again in Christ Jesus, responding to the seed of Eve and David and Abram. And Lord, those of us who know you, I pray, Lord, that those things that have been in our life that are not worthy of who we are, that you would deal with them ever so gently but ever so firmly right now. Thank you for your promises in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.